Welcome to The Autism Dad Ohio. I'm Rob Gorski. Building on the success of my award-winning blog and podcast, The Autism Dad, this localized edition supports Ohio families on their autism parenting journeys. As a single dad of three amazing autistic kids, I've been a go-to resource for parents navigating neurodivergence across the globe since 2010. The Autism Dad Ohio connects you with essential resources, education, and support that will help you all throughout your journey. You'll also hear inspiring stories from families all across Ohio, just like yours, reminding you that you're not alone. So don't miss out. New episodes drop every Friday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit theautismdad.com for more information. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad Ohio, we are going to talk all about special needs financial planning. And the idea here is not to provide specific advice because that's not what we're doing. We want to help you better understand the importance of financial planning and, and sort of break things down into little chunks so that it's so that you can better understand the role that financial planners play and that there's help out there regardless of what your situation is and that it's never too late to get started. I know how hard it can be when you're a special needs family and you're living minute to minute. The idea of planning for the future when you are trying to survive the next 60 seconds is it's just not even on our radar, right? And and we assume or we think like, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that tomorrow. We'll worry about it tomorrow. And before you know it, 20 years goes by and you are having to deal with it. And that's the situation that I found myself in. And I want to help you guys avoid that because it's not fun and it's scary, honestly. Uh, but there is hope and there is help. And so my guest today is Catherine Bryan, and she is a special needs financial planner based in Northeast Ohio. And she's here to help sort of demystify this whole thing and, and give you a better understanding of what a financial planner is, how they can help you, and, and sort of what the difference between like your everyday financial planner and somebody who specializes in working with special needs families. So again, this is not specific advice. This is just trying to help you understand what's available and that it's never too late to get started. You know, if you take one thing away from this episode, it's never too late to get started. Thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in today. I really appreciate it. I do have to play a quick disclaimer. Uh, so sit tight. We'll be right back. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Catherine Bryan is a registered representative of and offers securities and investment advisory services through MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC. 2012 West 25th Street, Suite 900, Cleveland, Ohio, 44113, 216-621-5680, California Insurance License Number 4175736. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you take a minute and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Catherine Bryan. I'm a financial planner with Skylight Financial Group. Um, and I specialize in working with families and individuals who have uh, special needs. And so I um, work with families in regards to helping them with all of the different stages and transitions in life that they go through with their children and with their adult children. Very cool. Uh, you're in Northeast Ohio, right? Yep. Right in Ohio City. Okay. Oh, all right. And so for, for I guess for the people out there listening, let's, can you help? us understand what the difference between like just, you know, a, a financial advisor and then someone who specializes in um, working with families that have people with disabilities or special needs or more complicated circumstances, I guess. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I get that question quite a bit. Um, and, and the main difference is, is that I'm a chartered special needs consultant. So I have the certification to work with uh, families and adults with children in special needs. But the main difference is, is there's a lot of extra planning and consideration, especially when we start talking about government benefits, social security benefits, waivers, and just really the longevity of what the parents are planning for. When we think about traditional planning, a lot of times that planning is around retirement, um, maybe college planning for the kids and special goals like purchasing homes and things like that. But when we're looking at families who have children and adults with special needs, depending on the severity of those needs, it may be that we need a little extra planning just to make sure that there are some legal pieces that are in place. But it could also mean that we have a lot of long-term care planning, both for the parents, for their own long-term care needs, retirement needs, um, and then their goals. But then we also may have extra planning that we need to do for their children. So well, one of the challenges that I have uh, personally encountered in this life, in this area of life, is it really is a complicated situation because there's a lot of there's a lot of parts, right? And for a lot of families who are relying on things like SSI in order to cover uh, expenses or or on Medicaid in order to cover um, healthcare costs for their kids, it it can be a very fine line that you have to walk, and that's it's a very kind of murky uh, place to be in. And I know a lot of families that I've spoken with feel like they are unable to do any type of financial planning or planning for the future because they can't have money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because like you either make enough, you, you either make too much that you don't qualify for the benefits that your kids desperately need, or you don't make enough to be able to survive without that assistance that your kids desperately need. And so there's like this disconnect in the system somewhere. And I guess I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of those challenges that families, um, you know, come to you with and, and how you can kind of navigate some of those things. Yeah, you're exactly right. A lot of people think that they have to have a lot of money to do any kind of planning. And I always say it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can always put specific habits and things in place just for your own own needs, but the challenge really is, is understanding and navigating all the systems. So you're right, we have social security, we have the Medicaid system, we have the county board system in Ohio. If you go to different states, they might have a state system. And so all of those are completely different mm -hmm. and how they regulate, hand out waivers, what's available, who gets what. Um, and, and for some families, it's just always, and for a lot of families, it seems like it's just an always uphill battle because it's almost like they're trying to get a PhD in understanding waivers, Medicaid and benefits while they're trying to care for their children and also learn about the diagnoses that their children have when they're very young. Mm -hmm. And so in the younger years, what I tend to find is that parents have a lot of questions of how do they qualify for Medicaid? Um, what is the best way to apply for Medicaid and Social Security? But unfortunately, you know, people really fall kind of in that mid-level where they make too much money as a family unit. So if their child with disabilities is under the age of 18, it is harder for them to get waivers and to qualify for Medicaid because it's all based off of the parent's income and not on the child's income. What are some of the things that families 
raising kids with disabilities should be planning for ideally? Ideally, in the perfect world, parents should be planning for all the different transitions of their life and their child's life. Now, that's super hard. It's super easy for me to say because I'm just planning, but it's very difficult for parents to, to live and manage just because of all of the things that they're doing. The one thing to make sure that you have in place, though, is understanding if something were to happen to you or your spouse or your partner today, and especially if both of you were to get in a car accident and pass away, really, what would you want for your children? No matter what age that is, no matter where they're at. I don't care if they're a brand new newborn um, that was just diagnosed with something, then they they need to start to have that idea and that plan. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's everything from who would take care of our children if something were to happen to us. Um, how much would we want to leave financially if we can to that person or to our child for their lifetime of care? Uh-huh. Um, and where would they live and, and what would that look like? And so there are such things as like letters of intent, um, which I often recommend that families do, which is not a legal document, but it is a lot of questions of all that stuff that we have in our heads as parents that we don't write down, but we know it's up here in our head. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking, oh, our child loves bath time at eight o'clock. If we try to force it at six, it's a much more difficult task. So eight o'clock, that's a great time. That's something you might put in a letter of intent. Um, who you know your people are from a, a legal or financial standpoint, that would go in your letter of intent. Who they go to as a dentist or doctor or physicians or therapists, all of that goes in the letter of intent so that if even as you're alive, you can give that to somebody that maybe you're asking to be the guardian and step in if something were to happen and say, hey, can you just look this over? This is my day in life with my children. We really appreciate you and think you would do a great job being a guardian if something were to happen to us. But we understand that it's a large maybe undertaking for your family. So we want to show you this letter of intent of what we do for our child and just make sure that you're okay being a guardian. So that's kind of like, um, not an instruction manual is probably a bad example, but like a, a guide. A guide, yes. I, I yep. never, I never, a guide. That's a really good idea. Yeah, families really, I think families as a whole really appreciate it. It makes the job a little bit easier for the parents. You kind of update it every few years so that you can track what where your child has been. Um, but then the other piece of it is just, just knowing that it's there so that if something does happen to you, it's a lot easier to look at a guide and say, ah, we better call this person. They're their tax CPA. We better let this person know who is their doctor. Um, you know, and just, and have some of those pieces and it could be as easy as like our children love to do these three things and they need to do them every single year. Please make sure that this happens, but they're not legal documents that, that are written up always by an attorney. So it wouldn't be like a living will or something like that. It's just, it's just kind of like when you take your kids to your parents' house, you kind of have like, (laughs) okay, this is bedtime. This is this, this is this. And it just sort of, it sort of helps to maybe ease any transitions and um help people not feel so overwhelmed by exactly yeah that's a really good idea that's a good idea um do you help okay so this is kind of a let me let me ask it this way do what about when 
when kids transition into adulthood, can you, like, what type of things should those individuals on their own be doing? I guess so that makes sense. Like, like my, so for example, my oldest is 23 and mm-hmm. I don't have guardianship. I have power of attorney mm-hmm. um, because he, he doesn't need, he doesn't really need me to micromanage his life anymore. Yep. But there, you know, I mean, he would still need guidance and, and things like that as far as like planning for his future and, and whatever. So you would be able to help him structure something for himself to, to kind of help with his future while he's, you know, on permanent disability managing, um, that, that fine line with that and, and his Medicaid and things along those lines. Yes. So, you know, when we have adults with disabilities who are functional and can manage their own finances and are thriving and doing, you know, work in the community and things, then it is working just in a normal financial planning kind of way where we're looking at budget, we're looking at what are their goals, what do they want their money to do, but then always with the parameters of if they're receiving SSI or SSDI monies, if they have a waiver or if they're on Medicaid, making sure that we understand what ramifications might be there. And so, for instance, um, a lot of times when we have clients who come in, if they are working, they might have group benefits. So we'll review the group benefits. Um, we'll talk about the 401k plans, you know, and if that will kick them out of SSI, if they're getting SSI. So we have those, com- those that commentary and those questions as we go through. Um, are you able to help parents sort of roadmap things? So let, let's say that you have, you know, a child that's newly diagnosed, maybe they're, you know, three or four years old, right? Mm-hmm. And you can, are you able, like if parents come to you and they're like, Hey, we need to figure all of this, like the financial side of all this stuff out. Can you roadmap things so that like they, they are aware of what options are, like whether it's, you know, through the board of developmental disabilities or SSI, like you can kind of lay all that stuff out and help them to understand and, and navigate those things. Yep. Yep. So my job as a planner for them is to really become the quarterback for everything that I know will be part of their life. And so what that means is we always start with where the parents are. And so if the parents are in a new diagnosis, they're overwhelmed, then we may be just starting with the very simplest of tasks, which may be just getting estate planning in in order, which isn't simple, but it might be the most important piece of it, or getting them signed up with the county board or a combination thereof. So we try to meet the parents where they're at, but my job is to help them navigate through the costs that might be associated, the opportunities that are out there for scholarships or other programs or nonprofits that maybe they have not attached themselves to yet. Um, And then to talk through as their child grows, I grow with them because we meet, you know, once or twice every single year. And then I act as a liaison so that they can hear or have somebody to contact and call whenever they have questions. Because a lot of times what happens is families start to talk with other families at different events and things. And one family will say, well, I did this for my child, but my family that I'm working with says, I didn't, I don't know if that's right for our child. So they'll call me and say, is this something that we should be doing? And those are the conversations that we can have then of, yep, that makes sense. Or no, that doesn't make sense for your family because dot, 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 dot. 
everybody's circumstance is completely different. Mm-hmm. And even though all families come to me through planning and for, fi- and for special needs, every family and their situation is different. Okay. It was, you know, what's really interesting about this for me as we're sitting here talking is, is I, I guess I didn't realize how big of a role you played uh, Mm -hmm. for families. You know, I kind of assumed that like financial planning was just sort of talking about retirement, maybe investments, savings goals and things like that. But you're actually like helping them navigate that whole side of their life, including resources that are available to them that can free up, uh, you know, income and, you know, cause, it, cause if they're, you know, navigating the board of DD, there are so many people out there that I've talked to that don't have their kids on a waiver because they didn't know that it was a thing or they didn't know that their kids qualified for it. Or there's people out there. Uh, I, I talk to them all the time who are, didn't, didn't realize that they could apply for SSI for yeah. their kids. And so they're struggling to pay out of pocket. They're paying out of pocket for, um, you know, medical care that's not covered by, you know, private insurance or whatever. And, and you can't, you can't get anywhere. It's so expensive. You know, I, I was, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day and my oldest, uh, like I was telling you, he's 23 now. And he had so many complicated health issues when he was younger. It, I mean, it was so bad that he had, he had a wish granted in 2017 because they weren't sure that he was going to make it much beyond that. And he's doing great now. Everything he's kind of, everything just sort of went away for the most part, which is crazy because it's whatever, but you know, we're grateful and that's not going to question it. (laughs) Yeah. But like the medications alone for him at times were, were $10,000 a month, $15,000 a month. He's on IVIG infusions twice a week because he has no immune system. And those are, those are incredibly expensive. You know, and if you, and it's been a very fine line because until he was 18, whatever I did affected him, Yeah, you know? And so I had to, to walk this very fine line, which meant that we struggled because there was just no other way to make it happen. There was no other, there's no feasible way to make it happen. So you're able to help parents make decisions and navigate the system so that maybe they're not they don't feel as trapped as I think a lot of us feel. I think that's true. I mean, I, I don't do, I don't call social security for them. You know, I don't do all the guardianship paperwork. That's more the attorney side, but I walk them through the process of it. And then I just act here as somebody that they can call or email and just say, Hey, you know, when do we actually sign up for SSI? You know, he's 17 now. At what point this year should we do this? What's that process look like? And so I'm able to kind of walk them through what they're going to expect to see um, and just help answer questions along the way. Because I don't do everything in regards to legal and tax. I mean, I look at those from a planning perspective, but I don't prepare taxes. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure that my clients are working with experts who are specialized in special needs and disability planning because I've come across too many clients where we have to unravel their entire plan for themselves because it was just based off of typical planning. Yeah. So, you know, they have UTMA accounts that go right out to the kids, you know, at 18 or 25. And, and because of that, that kicks them out of SSI. So we're looking at different kinds of planning and what what is pertinent to them and making sure that the estate planners that they are hiring and are writing the documents 
um, have done more than one or two special needs trusts in their lifetime and didn't just Google it. Um, I've seen that, unfortunately. So, you know, special needs attorneys that do this on a day-to-day basis, they live it, they breathe it, they know the changes in law. Mm-hmm. That's who we want to work with. And a lot of times tax preparers and CPAs often don't ask the question, you know, do you have a child with disabilities living at home? And because they miss out on that question, a lot of times families don't realize all the medications they can write off if they get over that AGI Mm -hmm. limit. And so there are things that we can do to figure out how can we use the system and make the system work for families in the best way possible. And so, okay. So, so I guess like my, my takeaway from this is, is while you don't handle every aspect of all of those things, the legal side of it, right? Mm-hmm. You are educating parents as to what's available to them, yeah. which is hugely important because, you know, I, I keep having these conversations with people and, and we, we talk about the, the problems that parents have as they're getting the diagnosis and then being kind of pushed out the door with a piece of paper mm-hmm. and only focusing on like a few therapies. There's no support groups. There's no other parents they can reach out to. And they don't know about SSI usually. They don't know about the county board. They don't know about the waiver program. They don't know about local agencies who may help fund things for them. They don't know, you know, about qualifying for Medicaid or or how to navigate all those things. And so when they when they go to you, they're learning a lot of this stuff for the first time. Right. And, and that's gotta feel like I'm just trying to imagine what it would have been like for me 20 years ago <laughs> to know some of these things back then so that I could be in a better place than I am today. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, our plans and the way I plan, it has to be really flexible Mm -hmm. because like you said, you know, if we would have gone back 15 years, you might've said, Oh, my son's going to need a ton of care for the rest of his life. I'm not even sure, but today's thriving and doing well. So if we made a plan that was so stagnant and that we couldn't change we would be redoing the whole plan all over again anyways, but we want to make it flexible. We want to make sure that it's flexible for you and your family so that as your children grow and as we see what they're developing into and where it's going, that we can make better educated decisions, but that we we have kind of that base covered of the what ifs. What if this doesn't happen? Okay, well, we already have that in, in our planning. Mm-hmm. What if they do great and thrive and, and they're on their own? Great. That's fantastic. That's what we all want for our kids. So that that has to be part of the planning too, especially when we start planning when they're really young. How like What made you decide to focus on this specific area? Um, because it is, it is a very kind of niche thing that there aren't enough people doing it in the first place. But what, like, what, what inspired you to do this? So for me, I was, I have a doctorate in neuroscience. And so I have my PhD and I did basic science research um, for a long time before I, before I stepped into financial planning. And so I changed careers 12 years ago um, after 16 years of being in the basic science research realm. But for me, when I was an undergrad, I was a psychology and neuroscience major I had worked with children with autism, doing ABA therapy. And then when I wanted to change careers and I was looking at financial planning, when I heard that Skylight had a group that worked with families in adults with special needs, I thought, 
well, that's really a nice compliment because I understand a lot of the biology and the psychology of what families um, are, are trying to learn themselves. And then on top of that, working with partners in the firm and growing my own practice, I really was able to um, kind of just dive right into working with families. And so I've worked with over 150 families now who have children and adults with special needs. Wow. How do parents find you? Like, are they, because I know, like, I, I knew that I needed to financially plan, but I was so overwhelmed and, and doing this largely on my own, I, it wasn't even on my radar. Like, yeah. like I knew it was there and like, I'm paying for it now because I'm 44 years old and just now starting to do all those things that I should have done 20 years ago. But how, how do parents connect with you? Like, how do they, how do they know that, that there's help out there? I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I think one good thing is I think more and more people are becoming aware that special needs planners exist, whether it's the estate planning and or and the financial planning side. But, you know, my job, unfortunately, you're right, most parents are inundated. And I'll tell you, they're inundated on both sides now. So it's either when they're really young, just getting started in therapies and getting the diagnosis. But now when we look at adults who are 25 to 45, mm -hmm. parents are inundated with the second question, which is, where will my children live? How do I create this? Where do they go? What's the process for yeah. that? So that's two big, big questions on both ends. Um, and so people find me because I'm out in the community. That's my job. My job is to be out in the community so that people do know about me and that they're not trying to have to figure out who I am. So I get a lot of referrals from current clients, but I'm also involved in a lot of organizations such as Welcome House, Connecting for Kids, the Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging Center. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different places that I'm also involved in so that I can be out in community and here because things are always changing. But that's how I get to hear boots on the ground, what parents are, are worried about, what parents are thinking about. You know, when I started 12 years ago at Skylight Financial Group, uh, the biggest question was, what happens to my child if something happens to me? Yeah. But now the biggest question is, where will my child live? Because we have so many adults now with disabilities who want to live independently or their parents want them to live in a home or with a group of, of other individuals. And they're trying to find where where is that for them? Where where are you able to work? Is it is it just Ohio? Or if people are listening outside of Ohio, can they still come to you for help or is it yep. localized? Yep. No. So I, my office is in Ohio. However, I'm able to work nationally. So I have clients all over the country. Oh, wow. All right. Mm -hmm. That's very, very cool. Um, I always ask people for one piece of advice. If there are parents out there right now who are listening, who are just getting started, or maybe they're overwhelmed because their, their kid is transitioning into adulthood, or maybe they feel like it's too late for them to start planning, what, what, would you, what would you tell them? It's never too late to start planning and it's never too early to start planning. That would be my biggest piece of advice. And the earlier that you can meet with a planner, um, especially around a special needs, the better off you'll be because you'll always be able to keep moving through the different transitions 
both emotionally, financially, education-wise, and then through the system when we get into the the county-based systems or into the state-based systems and understanding all of the parameters around Medicaid and Social Security. So, you know, it's all of those pieces that come together that I always say it's never too early to plan, but we do have a lot of clients that, you know, just didn't have time and now they're sitting down and thinking about it and it's never too late to start. The worst thing you can do is no planning at all. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really that's really good advice. You know, I've talked to so many families, and it doesn't matter where they live, whether they're in Ohio or they're just somewhere in the states or they're in another country. You know, the 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 theme, the overarching theme of what parents experience and what we worry about and what keeps us up at night, are it's the same no matter where you live. Yep. And it's, it's all related to the future <laughs> or like, how are we going to survive the moment? And it, it's, it's hard to plan for the future when you're trying to survive the moment, I guess is what I was trying to say. And, and for, for people who have, you know, this, this kind of image in their head of what they have to, where they have to be in order to be able to take advantage of something like this, it doesn't matter where you are and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter when you're approaching this. It's, it's never too late to get started. And, uh, the only thing worse is to not get started really. Correct. And even, you know, even I have clients that come in and just say like, I don't have two cents to my name to do anything with, and that's okay. It's really just talking then about what can you do? What should we be doing? Did you look into this benefit? Did you go and make sure that the county knows that you lost your job or whatever it might be? Those are the things that we're trying to help all clients with is just to figure out where are they starting from and, and what can we do if there's anything. It can't help every single family, but most families we can find at least a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not that resource to be able to, to help get them scholarships or other kinds of things. And, and I, and I think too, that there's just, it gives people hope, you know, because like, I know what, like, I, it's, it's really emotional for me, honestly. Like I know what it feels like to feel like you're trapped and mm-hmm. that there is nothing you can do because I've lived the last 20 years feeling that. And you know, like I, my, my kids have, have, I mean, they're, they're 15, 17 and 23 they become very independent. Uh, and I'm, and and I'm at a point in my life now where like, I I have just the emotional bandwidth or the mental bandwidth to begin to start rebuilding my life and, and planning for things. And there are so many families out there that are, that are dealing with this exact same thing. And, you know, part of me, part, (laughs) uh, part of me is even embarrassed that, that I'm, I'm 44 years old and I don't have a solid plan for the future. It's not because I was lazy. It's not because I didn't want to. It, it's because of what life was. I mean, 20 years in survival mode. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't lessen the emotional impact that it has. And, yeah. and I think a lot of people, a lot of parents assign their, their worth to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and they 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 feel like they're bad parents, or that they're they're not doing good enough, and to be able to refer people to a resource who can help them clear out that that fog or that whatever is is kind of impacting their view, and give them a path forward, 
regardless of what their circumstance is, whether you can initially do anything or you can refer them to someone yeah. is, is life altering really. Well, thank you. I would say you don't need to be embarrassed because I would say the majority of parents are sitting right where you're sitting mm-hmm. when they come into the office, you know, it's, it's been a road, it's been a road. And, um, when people are able to take a break from, from that path and kind of sit down and say, where am I at now? That's when people typically come and and seek out advice and seek out help. And so it really is different for every single family, but every single family comes in and says, we're embarrassed. We didn't do this. We've been told we needed to get a special needs trust or our state documents in order for 40 years now. And now we're going to retire. And now we think we better do it or else, you know, it's just timing and emotion and energy it, it just gets sapped out of the families. And what's interesting is when when people meet with me for my first meeting, a lot of times it is because I'm a, a unbiased third party that hasn't been around them for their entire life, I get to hear firsthand all the emotion that comes out with that. Yeah. And a lot of tears, a lot of struggle um, before we even get to why are you sitting in front of me for finances? It's the, tell me about your children. Tell me about what you've done, where you've been, your life. And we get through that. And once we get through that, then we can start to unravel what is it that you really want now for yourselves and for your kids. That, that, is, uh, that is so important. That is so important. And I am, I'm very grateful that... Um, that especially that you're a local resource <laughs> because, you know, I, I'm really trying to connect people locally and have, have an impact on, on my local community. But at the same time, you can not only help people here, but you can help people wherever they're listening in the U S so that, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty big. That's big. Thanks. Um, how can people connect with you? Um, so everyone can always email me. My email is K B is in boy, R Y A N is in Nancy mm-hmm. at financialguide.com. Or they can reach me on my phone at 216-297-5810. And all my information about me is at the Skylight Financial Group website. Okay. So they can always go there too. And I'll I'll have all that information in the show notes and I really appreciate your time. I had no idea, honestly, the overarching impact that you have on families. Like I, I really kind of had a narrow view of what I thought financial planning was in this area. And, uh, it's so much more than just money. Yes. And I think it's true for any financial planning. Like nobody has done a really great job in my industry of defining financial planning. And then everybody calls themselves a financial planner. But, you know, we have investment advisors, we have insurance agents, we have financial planners, we have um, comprehensive planners, which is more what I do. So there's a lot of different moving pieces. And it is confusing to the general public. And then you add a whole other layer of special needs and you're like, well, what is that on top of it? So um, not, not uncommon. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for everything that you do. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to uh, helping people connect because it is such a desperately needed thing in so many families' lives. 
And I just, I just, I, I really don't think they, they understand that there's, there's hope and that there's things that they, they can do. And there are people out there who specialize in what their family, uh, what their family's unique needs are, you know? So I, well, I I'm really grateful that you, uh, were willing to reschedule and, and, <laughs> and come back on and make this work even through the technical hiccups that we were having. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And thank you for all the work that you do. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in today. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into each one of these episodes because I want there to be a resource for you that wasn't available for me when I was going through this with my kids. And, you know, I I want there to be a positive impact on your lives. I want you to be able to learn something and enjoy what you're hearing. So, Uh, Thank you again. I really appreciate it. For more information, you can visit theautismdad.com. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank you.